uh, stand together, turn in our Bibles to the book of Proverbs chapter 16 this morning. Proverbs chapter 16. If you're with us this morning and you don't have a Bible, just uh, flag one of these guys and they'll put a Bible in your hand marked to our passage today. Uh, we'll be turning to a number of passages this morning and a Bible is uh, always helpful related to that. Just a reminder, on Sunday night we go through the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, and uh, we'll continue that in our study of the book of Acts this evening and then uh, enjoying the Lord's Supper. Just a reminder that partaking of the Lord's Supper, is, uh, it's a command for us as Christians, and so if it's been a while for you, come on out 6 o'clock tonight and we'll enjoy that as a part of our regular Sunday evening service. A couple verses to start. Proverbs chapter 16, verses 18 and 19. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better to be a humble, uh, of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that we never turn to your word uh, independent of you as Christians. Um, the only question is, is whether we're accessing the, the incredible willingness and desire of you to speak to us by your Holy Spirit through your word. And I know we bring that with us here today. We pray that as a work of your grace and your love and conforming us to the image of Christ that you would take your word and cut away from our lives what doesn't look like him, add to our lives what does, strengthen, Lord, what needs strengthening, and bless us. We pray that our time in your word would be supernatural in our enjoyment of it, supernatural in its effectualness in each of our lives spiritually, and we pray for this work of your spirit in Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. So the, this morning we return to our topical series through the book of Proverbs, a series entitled Timeless Wisdom, in which God provides us with uh, timeless wisdom related to how to live our life in such a way that it's a blessing to God, a blessing to our fellow man, and a blessing uh, to ourselves as well. And this morning we come now to a subject that fairly fills the book of Proverbs and uh, one that God must know that we need considerable instruction uh, concerning in light of how heavily represented it is in the book of Proverbs, and that is the subject of pride. We won't be exhaustive concerning the subject because um, that would require a number of Sundays in order to do that, but we'll look at the subject of pride um, as the Holy Spirit uh, gives us revelation concerning it in, through Solomon in the book of, of Proverbs. We remember that the book of Proverbs, as it addresses the different subjects that it does, uh, it has no intention of being uh, exhaustive on any particular subject, but it is helpful. And it kind of plants the seed then for our minds then to give consideration to it and the Holy Spirit do uh, take it where he will uh, in, in our own lives and applying it to our own lives. One biblical definition of pride is to see myself above. It's my favorite one. It's kind of a literal translation or a little literal meaning of one of the words that's used for pride uh, in the New Testament. 
And uh, pride is to see myself above others, uh, to see myself as better than others, to see myself as superior uh, to others. It's not talking about um, being better uh, or not better than other people at certain things. Each of us are better or worse at many things in life concerning every person we'll ever run into uh, in, in the world. This refers to thinking that I am intrinsically better than others simply because I am me and they are them. And so pride always overvalues self and uh, it always undervalues others. And so this morning I'd like us to begin with the danger of pride in our lives and uh, its danger is uh, described with the kind of words uh, that we see here in verse 18, uh, words like destructiveness. And the destructiveness of pride uh, is made clear in our passage. Without exception, and it doesn't matter who we are, there is no exception to this. Uh, pride always puts us on a path. It always puts us on a, a, a path that we are moving further down and that path ends in either destruction or great humiliation or great humbling uh, in our lives. Whether it is the destruction of our reputation or whether it is financial ruin or whether it is the destruction of relationships. Uh, and certainly for a Christian, it is a very destructive influence uh, in our relationship with God. Another proverb that speaks to this Specifically, in uh, chapter 16, verse 5, everyone proud in heart is an abomination uh, to the Lord. And this reminds us that every expression of our pride is not only occurs at the expense of other people, but it occurs also at the expense of God. And so, uh, when words like destruction are used, it's not hyperbole by the Holy Spirit or exaggeration. It is words that are intended to get our attention concerning uh, the seriousness of the danger of pride in each one of our lives. Another thing that makes pride so dangerous in our lives is that pride may be uniquely among uh, all of the long list of sins uh, that exist in the human condition is that the very first thing that pride does in our lives is that it disables our capacity to recognize it. It makes us too proud to recognize our own pride. And then pride then has a, a, a virtually uh, the ability to operate virtually unrecognized in our lives until it's done great damage uh, to our lives or to everyone around us. And this is why the proud person is almost always the last person to recognize uh, their own uh, pride. Everybody else has been seeing it for days and weeks and months and uh, even for years. And so often uh, when their spouse has left them, the business goes down the tubes, the ministry goes down the tubes, they are left uh, bereft of meaningful friends or relationships, and they sit on this proverbial ash heap, uh, they will then say, I never saw it coming. And the reason they never saw it coming 
uh, or we don't is because of our own pride. And that then raises the question in uh, a thinking person, okay, yes, I see the truth of it. I see the truth of it, uh, I've seen it all my life. I've seen the truth of it in other people's lives. I've seen the truth of it uh, in my own uh, life. But what is the antidote to the self-deception concerning pride? And the answer is the Bible, very simply. It is the Bible. Uh, James writes in his epistle in the New Testament, chapter 1, verses 23 to 25, for those of you who take notes, he describes the Word of God as a mirror. That is, anytime we open up the Bible and we read it, whether in this environment or whether in uh, our own homes, it will always tell us uh, the truth about ourselves. It'll always tell us the truth about everything. It'll tell us the truth uh, including uh, our pride. And so it is. it will unflinchingly expose my pride to me. It will unflinchingly remind me of the danger of pride and then the marks of pride in a human life and the consequences of pride. And then it de- delivers me from this awful self-deception that we're all so vulnerable to uh, concerning pride. And in all of the world, only the Bible uh, is able to do this uh, as, as it does uh, in, the, in the degree and the wisdom and, and thoroughness with which it does. And we pick up the Bible to read it each day. We pray, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? Uh, so to speak. So we pick up our Bible and we ask God, would you show me yourself and then would you show me myself through uh, your word? And unfailingly, we'll put our Bibles down after having read it, greatly encouraged in what we've read, also humbled, uh, realizing that the best of us have no cause for pride in our uh, lives. And that's a wonderful feeling. It's a freeing uh, thing in our, our lives. And this is uh, God's intent in addressing the subject of pride in the book of Proverbs through uh, Solomon. So we turn now to the mirror of God's word uh, uh, more in earnest now uh, concerning pride. In this passage that we've already read in uh, chapter 16, verse 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Again, God tells us that it will always end in some kind of material uh, or relational or spiritual uh, crash and burn. Uh, The word destruction, interestingly, in the Hebrew, as as Solomon uses it here, it can be equally translated crash. uh, And as actually is in a couple places in the Old Testament, it is translated uh, in that uh, way. When it talks about a fall here, a haughty spirit before a fall, a fall literally speaks of a breaking or a humbling or humiliation. And one of the reasons for this is that ultimately pride will always overreach in our lives. And uh, pride always leads to an overestimation of our own abilities. Uh, it leads us to think that we can attempt to do things uh, in uh, ways that cannot succeed or things that we have no hope of being successful in achieving. 
uh, Satan in his pride. He always overreaches. Uh, he always endeavors to go too far too fast, whether in the world or whether in an individual human uh, life. And in doing so, he causes people to see him for what he is. It always backfires. And then very often causes that person uh, to then turn to God as a result. And pride in man is no different than in Satan in this regard. It always overplays its hand. It always overreaches and usually bringing a crash and humiliation upon itself. Oftentimes quite independent uh, of the involvement of God in bringing that crash and that, that humiliation. The proud person lacks a healthy distrust of uh, self, uh, a, a healthy self-doubt, and uh, they live their lives, as the old saying puts it, often wrong but never in doubt, and uh, a mark of pride, uh, no self-assessment, uh, no desire to have the Word of God assess uh, our failures or, or the casualties that leave, we leave behind in our life or the casualties that we make of our own uh, lives. Often wrong, but never in doubt. It's an astonishing confidence that the proud person has. This brings us to the second mark of, of pride in life. And uh, here you'll need to turn all the way to the right in chapter 26, uh, verse 12. Proverbs chapter 26 Verse 12. I could have made it easier by putting them all in order uh, and just move a few pages, but um, I didn't feel like it. I'm just kidding. It didn't. This is how it works best for me. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 12. Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? Uh, that's pride. There's more hope for a fool than for him. So here we see that the proud man is unteachable. And uh, what we have being spoken about here is intellectual pride. And this is the person who knows everything. You can't tell them anything, and they can never admit that they're wrong. One of the many problems with this is that no man, as the old saying goes, is an island unto himself. We all need counsel from other people. Uh, we all need interactions with other people. We all need the input of other people in our lives. We even need the correction of other people in our lives, no matter who we are, uh, in order for us to see clearly in life and in order to keep us from making a major mistake in life. And this requires some healthy self-doubt and a willingness to listen to others. And not just a willingness to listen to others and to be teachable, uh, but also even to seek out the wisdom of others. As we studied earlier in our series, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14, but in the multitude of uh, counselors, that is godly counselors, there is safety. Solomon tells us here that the proud man, and this is astonishing when you stop and think about it, he tells us that the proud man is in a more vulnerable place in life than the fool. Because it's easier to get a fool uh, to see his need for correction in life than to get a person who's blinded by their own pride uh, to see it. And so how many proud people, they'll look at comparative fools 
uh, in life who end up uh, far ahead of them in terms of, of success in life. And when they do, in their own minds, they think they're all fools. How can they uh, be so far ahead of me? And they never come to realize uh, why. Uh, the simple adage, and it's attributed in its earliest form to Aristotle, but it's true. The more you know, the more you know that you don't know. Or at least that ought to be the case. But it's never the case in, with the proud. The more we know, for a humble heart, there comes the realization the more that we realize that we don't know. And that's a truth that eludes the proud person. Uh, somebody has written, nobody so shuts the door against improvement as self-conceit. In Proverbs chapter 13, verse 1, so we'll go to the left here. Oh, about 13 chapters. Ooh, what a workout we are going to have today. We're all head to Mr. T's and get a donut after the service. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 10. By pride comes nothing but strife, but with the well-advised is wisdom. And here we're told that invariably, uh, pride produces conflict uh, with others because pride, to see myself above, can only be expressed at the expense of other people. My pride is always... Uh, expressed at the expense of other people. And because of that, it'll always lead to strife and contention with others. Invariably, people will notice it. They will come to resent it in our lives. And then there'll come a point where they will simply be unwilling to put up with it. Uh, Jesus taught, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, whatever is in our hearts, whether that is good or whether that is bad, it will come out of our mouths sooner or later. And so sooner or later for the proud person, no matter how much we might try to hide it or uh, keep it compartmentalized, our pride will inevitably uh, express itself uh, verbally in life. Uh, by being rude toward others, uh, by being dismissive of the views or the opinions uh, of other, others in a way that devalues them, or by treating others uh, poorly. And I think one of the best ways to judge our lives concerning pride is to examine how we speak to people in life and how we treat people. Uh, in life, especially those that are in a humbler position in life, uh, at least for the moment in our life. Uh, they are serving us in some way, whether we're paying them to do that or whatever it might be, how we treat uh, the waitress in a restaurant, how we treat a cashier in a store, a maid in a hotel, a janitor in the hospital, someone who's doing the mow and blow in our yard. And what I come out, comes out of my mouth, the words that I speak, are what reveals the true condition of my heart. Now, because pride is always expressed at the expense of others, it is an absolute killer of 
any meaningful relationships uh, in our lives. It will destroy any and all meaningful relationships in our lives. A few years back, I read an anonymous prayer that somebody had written uh, with all of this in mind. And uh, 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 she wrote, Lord, uh, thou knowest better than I know myself that I'm getting older and will someday be old. Keep me from getting talkative and particularly from the fatal habit of thinking, I must say something on every subject and at every occasion. Uh, release me from uh, my craving to try and straighten out everyone's affairs. Uh, keep my mind free from the recital of endless details. Give me wings to get to the point. I ask for grace enough to listen to the tales of others' pains. Help me to endure them with patience. But seal my uh, lips on my own aches and pains. Uh, they are increasing, and my love for rehearsing them is becoming sweeter as the years go by. Uh, teach me the glorious lesson that occasionally it may be possible that I might be mistaken. Keep me reasonably sweet. I don't want to be a saint. Some of them are so hard to live with. But a sour old woman is one of the crowning works of the devil. And then here we are. Make me thoughtful but not moody. Helpful but not bossy. With my vast store of wisdom, it seems a pity not to use it all. But thou knowest, Lord, that I want a few friends at the end. And pride uh, will uh, keep that from happening. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 19. We turn back to where we started, but we'll turn there nonetheless. Better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. In other words, the poor who are humble in spirit, they actually enjoy a higher quality of life than the proud. And no matter how much pride is rewarded materially within a culture and within life, because ultimately uh, the proud end up in such a place in life where their only company uh, are the proud. And so the proud person uh, inevitably self-segregates without even realizing it. And they end up then separating themselves from what is the rich, full tapestry uh, of mankind as a whole. And unknowingly, un they imprison themselves in an insane asylum of pride. And Solomon tells us that pride is just such a prison uh, that people should avoid it, even if it results in uh, being economically diminished or strained in order to avoid it. Someone has written, uh, if, uh, if a proud man makes me keep my distance, the comfort is that he keeps his at the same time. <laughs> so, but the proud person... Uh, never comprehends this uh, in life. Additionally, the proud 
for all of the wealth uh, that is gained by means of their pride, they have no meaningful uh, capacity to enjoy it. Uh, In the same way, it isn't that they don't enjoy it, but they can't enjoy it in the same way uh, that the poor do with their little by comparison. Because pride won't allow them to enjoy it. Their proud peers won't allow them to enjoy it. And because material wealth is not the soul, it's not even remotely the highest expression of wealth in life. The greatest wealth belongs to those who have peace of mind, who have deep, meaningful relationships in their lives, They have a clear conscience that they live with. They find joy in the simplest things in life because they possess the humility and the godly character uh, that these things require. Someone has written that pride makes us artificial and humility makes us real. And that's a saying you can take a walk with and uh, mull over uh, productively. In Proverbs chapter 17, verse 19, we have another proverb in this vein. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 19. He who loves transgression loves strife, and he who exalts his gate seeks destruction. And this refers to the person who, uh, for instance, builds their house uh, on a high place Uh, 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 out of a motivation of pride. In other words, they uh, build their house on a high place where everybody can see it in order to flaunt their wealth. And the motivation, that's not the motivation of everyone who does that, but here it's talking about one who has the motivation of one upping other people or to communicate to other people that they're better than others. And it can refer to far more than uh, building a gate or building a house. It can refer to, uh, you know, purchasing uh, luxury automobiles to communicate the same thing, uh, uh, jewelry or designer clothing or whatever might fit into that, that category. One of the problems with this is that if a person wants that kind of attention uh, in life, they will get it. Uh, but it may not turn out the way that they think it will, with people envying them or people thinking that they're better than them or people thinking uh, highly of, uh, of them or people wishing that they were them, but rather stirring up a real dislike in the hearts of, of others who know when they are being put down in this way. And uh, worse, it is to gain Uh, the unwanted attention uh, and trouble uh, from people who are uh, more than carnal in life. It makes us an attraction to uh, thieves or to vandals. And again, when a person does this purposely, uh, builds these kind of walls between themselves and others in this, if you've got it, flaunt it kind of thing, Uh, All they accomplish is to isolate themselves from uh, our fellow man and then from the richness and the education that comes with being in contact, in humble contact with good people in all walks of life. It's one thing to build a wall uh, for the purpose of protection 
or the pur- uh, purpose of uh, safety. It's another thing to do it as an expression uh, of pride. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 9 is where we want to turn next. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 9. Better is the one who is slighted, that is the person who is uh, lightly esteemed by other people, uh, but who has a servant. Uh, And better is this one than he who honors himself, but not only doesn't have a servant, but he doesn't have bread. He honors himself but lacks bread. That is, it's better to be considered poor while actually possessing wealth uh, than to act rich and yet uh, be poor. And this, this proverb is valuable for us because uh, it, uh, among other things, it reminds us that pride isn't merely the affliction of the rich and the powerful. We tend to put it into that category so, uh, so often. And, uh, but that's uh, not the case at all. It's an equal danger to uh, everyone, even at the other end of the spectrum. And here you have the man or the woman who uh, is all hat and no cattle, uh, is a way that it's put. The person who is proud when they have absolutely no cause for pride uh, in their life. Uh, Other sayings that uh, speak to this all form and no substance, all show and no go, all talk and no uh, walk. And so here's the person who hasn't accomplished anything in life, period, hasn't accomplished anything meaningful in life, let alone something to be proud of, and yet they are proud nonetheless. And it's a difficult thing to be around uh, the pride and the self-deception of the person who hasn't accomplished anything in life that would warrant their sense of self-importance and whose entire effort in life goes into appearing to be something but hasn't actually done what is necessary uh, to to be the person that they are pretending to be. And we have lots of people like that in our culture many such so-called experts today telling the rest of us how to live who have done nothing to warrant the title of an expert in their life. Uh, They have accomplished nothing in life to warrant any audience at all in their lives. And in many cases, these people are pouring out of our universities or their primary education in life has been social media or some other bubble that has no relationship with real life. And it is a terrible mark of pride. And I don't say it as a cheap shot, but I just say it to, to make us realize and to reveal the the many facets of pride. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 25. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 25. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud, and the idea is the Lord himself will destroy the house of the proud. 
but he will establish the boundary, uh, the land boundaries of the widow, and the widow speaking of the vulnerable, the most vulnerable and 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 uh, and poor in uh, life, vulnerable to the wicked and vulnerable to the proud. And so here we have uh, the oppression of, or the taking advantage of the poor uh, and the powerless uh, and the vulnerable in uh, life uh, for material and financial gain. And God lets us know that this is a particularly despicable form of pride. And it is a despicable form of pride uh, that God always takes note of and promises to uh, judge harshly. This idea that I have power, I have leverage in this uh, negotiation, or I have leverage in this relationship, and I'm going to strip them way beyond what is fair or is right in God's eyes in this situation uh, simply because I can uh, and, and, uh, uh, and, I, and I have that leverage. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 17. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 17. Do not rejoice when your enemy falls, and do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles, lest the Lord see it and it displease him, and the idea is that it does, and he turn away his wrath uh, from him. And here we have a condemnation of another mark of pride, and we would call this gloating, and uh, even gloating over God's judgment of our, of our enemies. And this gloating is not of God at all. It's a, it is a mark of the flesh and a mark of, uh, uh, of pride. Uh, God declared through Ezekiel, he said, Say to them, as I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked uh, <clears throat> turn from his way and live. And that's the heart of God. And uh, gloating is something, if you've ever had God uh, humble uh, an enemy in your life, and you've lived uh, long weeks or years uh, knowing that that humbling needed to occur, and then it finally does, uh, it is a great temptation to gloat. And, uh, and God has not humbled that person uh, in order for us to gloat. And in fact, Solomon declares that this kind of gloating is so re- reprehensible to God that if he sees uh, someone uh, gloating, he will consider the spirit of gloating more serious than whatever issue he dealt with our enemy over. And then take that, uh, uh, return things uh, to the way that they were. Uh, similarly, in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 14. Proverbs 21, verse 14. A proud and haughty man, scoffer is his name, he acts with arrogant pride. And so being a person who scoffs at or mocks uh, or ridicules others or the opinions of other people uh, is a mark of pride in our life. So are there going to be differences in life? Yes, there are. Do we hold our convictions in life because we believe they're superior to other convictions? Yes, we do. 
but differences are to be discussed or to be debated. And they can even be passionately uh, debated and even disagreed uh, upon. But it's never to turn to scorn in our lives, either uh, before or during or after the debate or the discussion. You notice that Solomon describes this, uh, this scorn is not only an evidence of pride, but an indication of arrogant pride. Why in the world would he say that? And the word arrogant is an interesting one. Uh, and and it, it literally, it speaks about a pride that his, you've lost control of. It's a pride that has jumped the firewall and uh, is now out of control in my life. By the time I scoff at other people in life, uh, pride has moved into a very dangerous place uh, in my life. And the problem is, is in the kind of public discourse that goes on in our country, uh, there is a lot of this kind of scoffing and this kind of dismissal uh, of other people. And we have to be careful to remember that it is a dangerous place to be in life. In Proverbs chapter 25, verse 6, Proverbs 25, verse 6. Do not exalt yourself in the presence of the king, and do not stand in the place of the great. For it is better that he say to you, come up here, than that you should be put lower in the presence of the prince whom your eyes have seen. And so here we have uh, the danger of selfish ambition as an expression uh, of pride. There is nothing wrong at all with ambition in life, but selfish ambition is born of pride. And again, it will always cause me to overestimate my value, to then push beyond what is appropriate, and then require either God or other people to humble me, and usually to do so uh, publicly. And uh, even as godly a king as King Uzziah, one of the golden names in the Old Testament, he fell prey to this uh, even late in his life. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 2. Proverbs 27, verse 2. Let another man praise you and not your own mouth. A stranger and not your own lips. And here we have uh, a warning against pride that takes the form of of self-promotion or bragging about myself or always talking about uh, myself. There was a time, uh, even within my lifetime, and uh, when bragging was looked down upon in our nation. Now it's an art form. Now it's everywhere. I mean, you get, you get older and it's astonishing uh, how much has flipped. But back it, when I w- was younger, and if somebody was bragging, it would have inevitably been met with something like, stop tooting your own horn. Or behind their back, uh, he's nothing but a blowhard. He's nothing but a braggart. I mean, it was a 
it was something that was viewed uh, very negatively. But today our nation is dominated by self-promotion. And from some political ads to selfies sent to others, and, uh, and uh, I'm speaking about the ones that are sent not to inform but to impress, uh, to brag. We were um, not recently, fairly recently, on a, a the footsteps of Paul trip, and we were in Athens and trying to get to the Acropolis. It was very crowded, um, even you know post-COVID. Um, very crowded, trying to make our way. And the biggest obstacle to getting to the Acropolis was all of these young women uh, posing every step of the way, dozens and dozens of them. Got to get their hair just right and this whole thing. And, and uh, look where I am and you aren't. And I can't wait to pose this. That's the motivation of all of them. But there's not like, you know, they're just standing there and there's the Acropolis, there's the attention, and by the way, I was there. <laughs> Some of this social media is, uh, is wild. I'm not saying all of it has that motivation, but uh, an awful lot of it seems like it's a, it's a brag fest and it's a platform for pride. And so Solomon uh, tells us that here uh, because it's important for us. Uh, to hear. Chapter 26, verse 17. Just a couple more, including this one. 26, verse 17. He who passes by and meddles in a quarrel, not his own, is like one who takes a dog uh, by the ears. And so here's another manifestation of, of pride, and that is to put our nose into other people's business where it doesn't belong and where it doesn't, uh, isn't wanted. You may have your nose handed to you. Uh, so here you have the pride of the busybody, the fixer, the putting their nose into everybody's uh, business. And I'll just leave that uh, uh, to speak for itself. And then Proverbs chapter 3, all the way to the left now, uh, to the beginning of the book. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart, uh, and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. And here Solomon tells us, very, very importantly for us as Christians, uh, that to choose to engage in sin, uh, to make a lifestyle of sin, uh, to deliberately choose to do what God prohibits in His Word and defines as sin is pride. And it's important for us to realize uh, that. Every time I choose to engage in sin, at the heart of that decision uh, is pride. And it's the worst pride of all. Uh, so often, uh, m most... Uh, uh, Pride is expressed at the expense of others. Here's a pride that's, uh, that I am seeing myself above God uh, and above His Word. And so to be either an out-and-out -out backslider uh, or to be a backslider in heart, a hidden backslider, uh, is a manifestation of pride. At the core of willful disobedience, 
is always pride that has begun to operate in my life. So we'll stop there. That's the snapshot related to pride uh, by Solomon. Um, did Solomon miss anyone here today? Um, I'll ask somebody to help uh, pull the arrows out of uh, not my back, but my front uh, related to, to all, of, uh, all of this. It's important to realize, and it's a lot of food for thought, but uh, Solomon didn't write this and all of these Proverbs to produce a gotcha moment. Ha! Gotcha! He didn't do that. That's not his motivation in this. But his motivation is just to expose the danger of pride, the pervasiveness of pride, uh, how hard pride is to recognize in our own lives, all as we see it all around us in the world and in our own lives. And then to be eager, um, not merely willing, but when I realize how dangerous and destructive, and we, we all, virtually all of us agree with every proverb that Solomon declared, with an honest heart, we would all agree with it. And the intention then is for me to realize this is so destructive and so dangerous and so pervasive, not only in the world but in my own heart, that I would do anything to be willing not to fall prey to my own pride. And what is the solution to it? We talked about it earlier. Well, one of them is what we're going to talk about next week, and that's humility, God willing. But the other one is to, on a daily basis, open up my Bible and to read my Bible mirror, mirror on the wall. God, would you tell me the truth about myself in your word? And he knows how to do that in a way that produces a healthy humility in us, and yet it doesn't condemn us. It doesn't remove hope from our lives. And so to just take and the, the antidote that that Solomon is wanting us to be eager to receive into our lives is just to simply walk closely and obediently with God, to look into the mirror of God's Word daily, and then to take seriously to heed the voice of the Holy Spirit through God's Word or just the Holy Spirit uh, in our lives. The Holy Spirit's declare, uh, Jesus declared him to be the, the the paraclete, one who comes alongside us to help us. And he'll help us concerning anything. And he certainly helps, uh, we've all experienced in our own lives, concerning pride, where there's some expression of pride in the marriage or the spouse or a parent toward a child, a child toward a parent, anywhere we want to go in life. And then the Holy Spirit says, uh, can I get you alone for a minute? And can we talk through what... I just saw right there. And it may not happen as we're reading the Bible, 
but as we're going along in life and there's that wonderful conviction in our lives so that we confess, confess our pride, the other person asks for forgiveness, we can repent of that pride so that we can minimize its hold and presence in our life as much as possible uh, between here and heaven. Invaluable instruction for us on this subject here in uh, the book of Proverbs. If you sit here this morning and you are not yet uh, a Christian, of course the worst expression of pride, as it will be revealed one day, is to one day is to refuse to sniff at God's offer of the forgiveness of sins in salvation at the cost of His Son. And to say, I don't need that. I reject that. I don't want anything to do with that. And then to remain like Lucifer in rebellion against Him and rebellion against His Lordship in my life. And nobody wants to be there. Not in this life, certainly not concerning the life to come. So if you never trusted in Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and entered into that relationship with God that God wants with you, we're going to be up in front after the service. And we'd love to pray with you to begin that relationship this morning. If you need prayer for anything that's going on in your life this morning, they'd love to pray with you and for you as well. Let's stand together now and we'll close in prayer. Father, thank you for this instruction. And again, I'm reminded of the fact that the, no, one, no one talks to us this way. And we desperately need it. Even the most caring relationships and dearest relationships in our lives will not speak these things uh, into our lives, no matter how much uh, they love us and care us about us. And we thank you, Lord, that you love us enough to do that. And we pray for our own lives and every person that is in this room and the Fellowship Hall and beyond, that you would use this time to root out and eradicate this thing called pride and any strongholds that it's gained in our lives that you've brought to our attention today. And then use it, Lord, to keep us free from this terrible, terrible curse. And we pray and ask for this work of your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.